Say hello to the bad guy, man. Tax season, episode 13. Let's get this motherfucking money, baby. I'm just out here trying to eat. Listen, I just ate some wings, y'all. The shit was terrible. The wings were garbage. I don't ever want them shits again. But anyway, it was a busy week in the news, man. Let's start it off with Sister Rachel. Sister Rachel. How you doing, Sister Rachel? Sister Rachel, who are you? Who are you, Sister Rachel? Who the fuck is Rachel Dolazal, whatever her name is, Shaniqua, whatever your name is. Listen, Rachel, who the fuck are you? You know, at first I was like, like going out for this girl. I was like, yo, Rachel was kind of dope. She wanted to be black. She wanted to be down. You know what I mean? This is, we should all be flattered by this. You know what I mean? This is big for us. And then the more and more I started digging in, I'm like, Rachel is fucking a psycho. Because she lied about having cervical cancer. She lied about being raised in South Africa. She paid a black dude to come and act like a father. That's no, it's nothing to be flattered about that. Any any person that's lying that much and is a public figure should not have their job. You know what I mean? And for her to do all that, I still don't know what the underlying reason would be for her to act like she's black. I wish I could see, like, the white people facing their home when they heard that story. Like, I wish we just all had, like, the, the hidden cameras where we could just watch their reaction as that shit came across on the news because that Rachel shit, this might be the biggest lie in the United States of America fucking history besides we was getting 40 acres in a mule. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. That's fucking mother... Rachel, Rachel Dolezal, whatever, bitch. She resigned today. Good. We don't need her. What else you had in the news this week? Oh, Troy Ave selling um um 3,500 records and some shit. 30 physical CDs. Shout out to Troy Ave. You know he goes hard. Shout out to Hustle of the Year. Shout out to you for um, reviving the city and um bringing that feeling back to New York City. That's exactly what we needed. You know what I mean? I'm sure. I'm sure um all 30 of those people who were physical copies probably were down with with BSB production team. <laughs> Every dude that featured on his on that shit bought one. <laughs> thirty features, thirty hard copies. <laughs> and you know, you know, he had Madden, he had Madden, all Madden the Legends on there. So you know, they still got CD players. So I know, that's, I know, they bought them thirty copies. <laughs> Shout out to Troy Avenue, one of the softest rappers in New York City, man. Shout out to you, man. We thank you for everything you've done for bringing the city back, beloved. <laughs> Oh, what else we got in the news this week? Um, we got Jeb Bush, um, George Bush older brother announces he's running for president. Listen, Jeb, we don't give a fuck. We don't want no more Bushes in the motherfucking White House. Y'all had your runs. Need to stop it. We already had George Bush retarded kids in there, them retarded daughters and all that shit. Listen, man. We good, Jeb. We don't need no more motherfucking bushes, man. It's just too many of you motherfuckers. Y'all think y'all just gonna run the White House until the end of time. Yo, I can't wait till Sasha and Malaya get older so they could be the second females after motherfucking Hillary because I can't take this shit no more with the Bush family. Y'all motherfuckers stay the fuck away from the White House. Y'all need to get banned. But, um, you know we gotta speak about the beloved brothers up in Clinton correctional facility in Dannemora, New York, 20 miles from the Canada borderline, who escaped and are still motherfucking on a run 
for nine days right now for nine days shout out to them dudes man that's what freedom is about man i always tell people man the slaves didn't get free by negotiation man we had to sneak our way to fuck out we had to be tough man and that dude man i hit it one they said i read an article today and it says one of the prisoners was very well endowed they said everywhere he went women talked about his penis and they think that's how he lured the woman in from the tailor shop <laughs> If that ain't the funniest shit in the fucking world, yo, big dick niggas getting out of jail. Go flash a female seated CO, man, and get yourself a motherfucking drill bit, a hacksaw, and get yourself out of jail. Because they said this motherfucker, that's how he got out of prison. And that's the funniest shit I read today, man. But, um, yeah, man, I had the pleasure of interviewing Freeway Ricky Ross, the legend from Los Angeles, California, the street legend, drug dealer coke distributor supplier for the the giacana motherfucking nicaraguans one of the black men who almost took down the cia by himself like you know ross is like a legend on a different level man this dude got chances like he had a he he, he had a chance to, to change his neighborhood and he made it worse and then he went to jail and then he was reforming himself and then he went to do a favor for his friend and then his friend set him up after he came home from jail and was trying to do the right thing. And now he's back home again after he was supposed to do life after getting a pill. So this is definitely something that y'all want to hear, man. Tax season, episode 13. Tax stone, tax season. Say hello to the bad guy. Episode 13. We got Freeway Ricky Ross in here, fresh from California. How you feeling today? Man, you know it. You know it. It's my time, man. Yeah, man. Freeway Ricky Ross, man. And for y'all that don't know him, man, he's um he's a legend. He's a um survivor of the um of the game, a survivor of of the government, a survivor of the streets, a survivor of many obstacles. Um Freeway Ricky Ross is a is a um ex drug dealer that um the rapper Rick Ross mimicked. <laughs> well, took the persona of stole stole some might say <laughs> perpetrate Rick Ross might say <laughs> perpetrated a fraud. But you know, um we got Freeway Ricky Ross here, man. Man, for real. Yo, man, how 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 was it for you growing up in LA before you before you got to selling drugs? Oh man, it was a struggle. You know, with no jobs, uh, shit was bad, man. You know, we want to change, you know, at, at any cost. You know, even if it meant dying, you know, or killing, you know, we want to change, man. And uh, we went for it. How was, how was, like, life for you? Like, was your were your parents wealthy? Were they poor, middle class? Hell no. <laughs> wealthy? Man, my mom, we was dirt poor. Mm -hmm. You know, me and my brothers changed pants, so we didn't wear the same pants to school every day, you know? Yeah. That's how poor we was. I used to tape tennis balls on the bottom of my tennis shoes so my foot wouldn't be on the ground. Damn. We was poor. You know? Wow. I'm in the joint, right? And I'm I'm in the joint, and uh, this dude that I went to junior high school with, you know, who, you know, family looked like they was doing pretty good. He came up to me. He said, man, everybody told me you was rich. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Y'all was the poorest motherfuckers in the whole neighborhood, man. Yo, what, what you wanted to be when you grew, when you grew up? 
You know, it changed at different times, man. You know how you go through it. One day you want to be uh, the Long Ranger, you know what I'm saying? And one day you might want to be Tonto. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, and then one day you want to be the bad guy, you know. So I went through all that like everybody else, man. Uh, you know, one day I wanted to be a firefighter, a airplane yeah, pilot, too. you know. Yeah, indeed. Police officer even, you know. <laughs> that even crossed my mind too, man. That, that, even, that even crossed his mind too. <laughs> yeah, man, you know. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really know what you want to do, man. And, yeah, and that's why cause... it's so important, you know, for us to... Uh, Store guiding our young people right now, man, so that uh, people don't steal their minds and their dreams. Because once you steal a person's dream, you know, you can create a monster. Indeed. Yo, what did you think of crack when it first entered the neighborhood? Man, when I first heard about crack, I loved it. I thought it was the best thing, man, since sliced white bread, man. <laughs> <laughs> I now, lie. crack crack changed a lot of lives in different ways. Crack might have fucked your life up in the 80s or it might have made your family better. It depended on which side of the... How you used it, you know. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I told somebody today, you know, Jesse Jackson say mud is fudge when you own the trucks. Mm. When the crack when the crack first touched down, right? Yeah. To you, was it a... Was it about using or was it about selling it? Man, it was about selling, man. I mean, when I first heard about cocaine, well, you know what? See, see, How did you get introduced to it as far as selling it? Well, first thing I did, you know, was the movie Superfly. My man, Priest, you know what I'm saying? He put it down. <laughs> <laughs> he put it down in Superfly, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Walked away with the girl, with the money. And told a man, doing my dirty laundry ain't going to do you no good, cracker. You know what I'm saying? So that, that was your ambition? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never heard a black man talk to white folks like that, man. You know, I'm from the South, really. You know, I, I grew up in L.A., but I was born in Texas, man. And, uh, oh, all right. Where, you know, where black people still used to tell white people, yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am even if it was somebody younger than you, you know. So I'm watching wow. my uncles and my my my, my aunties and, and even my mom, you know, uh, show this type of respect that I was like, wow, why, why I got to respect them like that, you know? And then when I see the movie Superfly, man, he straight disrespect them. I said, you know what, man, that's what I want to be like. Shit man. was a liberating feeling, right? <laughs> you was like, we getting the Hell fuck with up Tonto. out of this. Hell with Tonto and the Long Ranger, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And the, and the police and the and the airplane pilot, all them, man. Indeed. All them is out the window. You know what I'm saying? I was tripping. <laughs> how did, yo, how did you meet the, um, the Nicaraguan connect? Man... <laughs> Bust my ass all the time, you know, working hard. And uh, uh, one day my teacher was like, man, I got somebody for you. And uh, it was the first Nicaraguan. And I went from one Nicaraguan to the next, you know, <laughs> throwing that money at him, man. I used to throw them bags of money, you know, here, what you want? <laughs> Can you handle it? So it was like, it was that easy to me to connect or was it hard? Well, you know, Mean Connects, uh, uh, it's all about the paper, man. You know, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I told them today at the youth center, man, people will respect your money when they don't respect you. I mean, have you ever walked into one of the stores? That's and, real. And, and they'd be like, what you want? What you want? What you, what you need? And then you put out a lot of money and their whole attitude change. Mm-hmm. 
That means that they respect your money, but they didn't respect you. They don't respect you. That's real. So uh, I learned that in the dope game real early, you know, that uh, if I bring that bag of money, they're going to do what I tell them to do. They gonna, that's, what they, that, that's what the business is about, that bag of money. At the, at the <laughs> and, you know, if I come over there with empty hands, you know, they're going to talk real bad to you. You know, what you want? What you come over here for? You ain't got nothing? How did, like, how did the, um, how did the Bloods and the Crips help your organization? Well, you know, it's crazy that you mentioned that. I just uh, ran into one of my uh, old Blood comrades. Because, you know, I, I live in a Crip neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to go in the Blood neighborhoods like I used to be able to go was really rare at that time and, um, and really a blessing. Uh, it was that dangerous. He said, <laughs> really I a mean, blessing. <laughs> I mean, you know, here you are. And, and and sometimes this is doing war war times, you know, you know, when mm-hmm. when, when they fighting over, you know, somebody that got killed and yeah. and you know, I was a, really an easy target and, and what year is this around? Eighty one ish, eighty two, eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, during those times. Uh and, and I would really be a sitting duck, you know, to be in those neighborhoods, uh um in 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 somebody could get a lot of stripes, you know, for taking a guy like me out, you know, mm-hmm. and could really, uh, could have did damage, you know, to that, to, to my community, you know, cause even though I never gang bang, uh, the Hoover Crips consider me as one of theirs. Yeah. Um, but you know, I had guys like big Keller dog and, and, and big duck, you know, who, um, Big Puddin, who who was the founder of the Bloods, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they were my friends, you know, and and they knew that I'd never uh, really gang bang, um, and, and I got a lot of passes, you know, and that allowed me to be able to intermingle with both sides. Mm. What was a bad day as far as money for you at those times when you first got your connecting things? Of well, that well, let, you know, it, it changed, you know, when, when, when I first, you know, I, when I first started in the dope business, you know, I had $125. My boy had $125. You know, that was the worst days we ever had. Uh, man, after about a year, you know, I'm making $50,000 every day. You know, $50,000 a day is cool. <laughs> it was all right. It wasn't bad, you know, at that time, but then it went from 50 to a hundred. He ain't hit with the pyrus, by the way, but. And then it went from a hundred to two hundred, then from two hundred to five. God damn! Then from five to a million, and then every now and then I'd have a day where I might make three. So how much was the connect dropping on you for you to make three million a day? Well, I had days that I would buy two hundred keys in one day. Damn! You know those are rare days though. That wasn't every day. You know we might do that two or three times a month. Mm-hmm. But in between that, you know we might hit. Two million dollars that day, you know. Next day we might hit a million and a half. Next day a million two. The next day a million six. You know, so it fluctuated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, on the great days would be three million dollars. That, that that sounds like a great day, man. You know what? He I need me, one or two of those. He has days me regretting right my drug dealing days as we speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? As I sit here and think about the days I thought were good, I realized they was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. You know, at the end of the day, what I learned about the whole thing is that uh, it was all about education. You know, when when you're educated uh, to what you're doing, then you make money. You know, the guys who who are not educated, who are not informed, um, they just don't they don't make money. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, 
You got to study your craft. Um, they say you had thirteen locations. Man, I don't know, man. I in the city, like I, I had so much, you know, money that I was buying whatever house I wanted. You know, if I saw something I wanted, I just bought it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even care about the price. You know, as long as it was fair, uh, I just bought it. So, you know, I had spots all over the place, and it was still during the time where guys could stand on the street. So. I don't know how many places I had. So how far did like did your operation expand? Like, was it just in L.A.? Oh no, man! Dudes was coming from all around the country, you know, uh, to to go to L.A. You know, we became pretty much the cocaine capital of the United States. So you know, guys were coming from Detroit and New York and Chicago and Miami and Texas and you know all over the country to uh, to score. So what was like your your ultimate goal when you were selling coke? What what did you spend your money on? Property. You know, I I I'd become uh, addicted to buying uh, houses and businesses. Um, my goal was to 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 do like uh, priest did in Superfly and get out the game. You know, but I wanted to get out rich. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to get out with a steady income, uh, with the not the same money I was making in the drug business because I I was I wasn't foolish enough to believe that. Um, that I could make that kind of money doing anything else, uh, but I but I definitely wanted to uh, to be put in a position where I would be comfortable. Yeah, I understand that. Definitely gotta. I always tell people, it's like it's like these days, like hustlers, they just hustle for a car. Not even that. A gold chain. For garments. Yeah, for a, a gold pair change. of Nikes. Yeah, and that's like the end result for them. Like it's like nothing else. Well, you know, I tell him, man, take a lot of pictures. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all you're going to have when you in jail. Yeah, man. There's a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures, man. So, I mean, it'd be crazy, right? You see guys coming in there and they got their photo albums. Like, they they, they were sharp, right? They already took the pictures. They took the ones with them in the gir- in the bed with the naked girls. Yeah. I was like, man, you you were sharp. You took all them pictures. You got your cars. <laughs> Yeah, that's just that funny. Where that car at now? Where it's at? Oh man, you know they confiscated that one, huh? Where that, where that girl at? Man, you know they don't hang around when you get twenty five years. Exactly. So, so you, you know, know, I just recently had this discussion. I was telling this girl how I was with somebody, a dude that she knew in jail, and I was like, "Yeah, he was in jail," and he was asking me, asking people like, "Yo, t- ask tax." Like I had the Lambo, I was driving the Lambo in the hood, and. I was driving to Bentley, and I was like, yeah, he was. But while we were sitting in jail, he didn't have no money in his commissary. He didn't have one girl checking for him. Wow. So I was like, what is that shit for? So, you know what I mean? I tell a lot of dudes that, that like do crime and like to spend money on women so much. I'm like, spend it on your family. Spend it on the women that love you. Because when you get in there, you, you'll be surprised when you find out who loves you and who don't. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's it's tough. You know, you got, how was that for you when you first the, your first bed touching jail? Like, well, how you was know, that when I you? first went down, I, I was a little mad at my girls, you know, because they uh, they stopped running and, and and you know stopped looking out. But at the end of the day, you know, they came into the relationship one way, and when that relationship changed, they left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I totally understand. You know, you come in a relationship, you doing. You're doing this with a, a, a dude who's rich, and now you got a dude who's in jail, who's broke, ain't got nothing going for herself. Why should she stay with you? you know? Yeah, you're right. I mean, you you know, you would think, you know, maybe keep it real. I would have been happy if they would just send me a letter 
know what I'm saying, and send me pictures of my kids sometimes, you know. But at the end of the day, um, once you become an empty bottle, don't nobody want to be bothered with you, you know. You got to keep your value up. And, and it took me a while uh, to be in prison to really adjust my thinking to, uh, you know what, Rick, you lost your value. Deal with it. You know, you no longer had a value you used to have. Mm -hmm. So the women who wanted that type of value, they don't want you anymore. I remember I was locked up upstate and I was I was I was sitting there and I'm like, um, I'm sitting there and it's like this this chick came to see me out of nowhere that I like used to speak to rarely. And I was like mad surprised that she came to see me. And it was like it was like, wow, like what the fuck? Like I couldn't even believe she thought of me to even think about getting on a bus. But, you know, them eight be the hours ones, to come see me. Them be the ones who stay down, the ones you least expect. Yeah. You know? So that's what made me always like now. I don't even play like that. Like, I don't even play with women who I think don't love you. Like, you got to you could like me for a little while, but you got to love me in order for me to fuck with you like that. You understand what I'm saying? Because then you got to prove yourself. You got to prove yourself. You know, it's all about proving. And, and, and so often, uh, you know, we just. When you get money, you do so much for people and for girls or whatever. You expect the reciprocation back if you need them. Well, you and know, it's and, like it don't come all the time. And that's one of the cold things about the game. See, the dudes is doing it all the time, and everybody else benefited from it. You know, the moms, the brothers, the sisters, mm -hmm. the girlfriends, the the, the 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 guy at the liquor store. Everybody's benefiting, but they just locking up the dudes. So, you know, it's really a one-sided game, you know, and, and this whole um, drug uh, culture, uh, uh, drug war is really a crock of BS, man. It's really a way that they can lock up young black men, and um, I'm going to do everything I can to expose it. I, I read I read that, you know, that your connects were, were the CIA, yeah, yeah. How much truth to that is it? Well, you know, the dude that I was getting my drugs from was a CIA operative, uh, meaning that he couldn't be a CIA agent because he was a foreigner. He didn't have a green card, so he couldn't mm -hmm. work for the CIA mm -hmm. per se. You know, he couldn't be a CIA agent, um, but he was on their payroll. You know, they sent him a check. And, and he cashed it. <laughs> <laughs> they sent him a check and he cashed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it went all the way up to the White House. You know, George Bush, Ronald Reagan, Oliver North um, all played a hand in in, in this uh, um, drug conspiracy. Mm. So, like, like, how did you, like, meet them? Did they just come out of nowhere and say, yo, yo, Rick, Freeway Rick Ross, we going to throw you these bricks nah, like man you know you don't get connects like that you know you don't go to the club one night drunk and and bump into the connect yeah it don't happen like that man mm -hmm. connects are, are are made and worked and and groomed just like any other business you know just mm -hmm. how you uh do your radio show you know you work it mm -hmm. you groom it. you bring in good people and you constantly uh fine-tuning it well that's the same thing that happened in the drug business you know i fine-tuned my game i worked it I wove it, I smoothed it, I polished it until I had this shining game that uh, paid me the dividends uh, uh, that I was looking for, and even more than what I was looking for. Mm, that's real. Like um, when the, when like when did when your first arrest was it? Your first arrest that they said that they seen you throw a kilo out the car. <laughs> was, is that true? Like you threw a brick out the car? Yeah, yeah. That was that was a. I 
I don't know if that was my first arrest. You know, I've been arrested on so I don't know how many times. But, yeah. Um, and that would they didn't convict me of that either. I beat that one too. So, uh, uh, but yeah, that was an incident where uh, me and a couple of my partners was rolling down the street, and uh, the cops uh, rolled up on us, and um, they had already been sending threatening messages about uh, killing me, and and we knew that they planted drugs as well. So, you know, I did one of them rolling uh, jumps on them, and didn't stop the car and while the car was rolling I jumped out and ran and they say that I uh, dropped a kilo of cocaine or two kilos one of them and uh, yeah they uh, put an arrest one out for me so they they used that you did throw the brick out the window no I ain't had no brick <laughs> you ain't had no brick <laughs> so they no. used that as an excuse no they saying that that was the case for a brick they planted on me man they planted it oh they planted the brick yeah they planted the brick on me man Wow. What was right. I going to be doing riding with a brick and I got 50 workers? Yeah. Yeah, what you know, you know, when I first heard that story, I said that shit. I was like, why the fuck did he just have I a- lost my mind. You know what they try to tell the judge? I lost my mind. <laughs> That's what they told the judge. Well, Your Honor, he was going through some things in his mind and he forgot he had 50 workers and it, it, he it, was carrying a pistol and he was and carrying- a, And a, a handy brick. And the judge was like, so it's 50 guys- this is the judge asked him, right? It's 50 guys, and, and you mean to tell me that you only found one gun and one brick, and, and Mr. Ross was the one carrying the brick with all his soldiers. <laughs> what was it, What was your relationship with the police and the feds, like, as far as, like, keeping your business running and shit like that? None. Did they ever try to bribe you? Did they try to extort None. you? They couldn't even see me. Damn, it was like that? <laughs> I used to be invisible on their ass, man. I can go invisible. Yeah, so, so, so the judge was like... So you telling me that that it was fifty guys and it was only one kilo and one gun and Mr. Ross had it, and he said yes, Your Honor. And he said, okay, continue your story. <laughs> 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 hey, the judge saw right through that boy, you know. So at the end of the day, the judge threw it out. He's like, man, I ain't going for that. Y'all don't tell me this man is a genius and you know mm-hmm. this man's running the army and selling drugs all around the country and then on the same. Same center, same page. You're going to tell me that the man is carrying the dope and the gun with all these guys standing around him? Mm-hmm. Stop it. But, uh, you know, when 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 you do your work, man, uh, uh, it's shining through, you know. And just like right now, man, it's shining through. You know what I'm saying? You can't block it out. You Going know? hard. You got the documentary coming out. What is it called? Man, Freeway Cracking the System. You saw it. Dope. Yeah. Pure dope. And that's why none of the networks don't want to touch it. They don't want nothing like that there. The real? Yeah, well, you know, that's the game. Like, you know what I mean? When it's too authentic, like, it's like, no, it can't be real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they know it's real. It almost has to be fake. It almost has <laughs> to be acted out. Like, it can't be real. Don't let it be real. You know yeah, what I mean? Y'all mean to tell me that he's in our miss? We got somebody like this here that ain't scared of us? <laughs> That'll bust us out. How did the how did the um the CIA and the government like react when everything started to unravel? Well, you know they went through a whole lot, man. When uh when Gary Webb broke the story about the CIA being involved with uh selling crack cocaine, I, I was still a little disappointed because I felt that uh, once this type of information was out, uh you know we got six hundred thousand black men in prison right now for nonviolent drug offenses. And I was really uh, hoping that uh, in, in some way or somehow we would uh, uh, get some relief for some of those guys. You know, we got guys been in jail for 35 years that 
no absolutely no violence in their in their jacket mm-hmm. uh just selling drugs um yeah that shit is crazy obama did pardon about 22 guys a couple months back but uh way too little you know and too late so i'm hoping that uh you know we can get some relief for a lot of our sons and daughters and and uncles and and and, and mothers and sisters and brothers you know so um that's one of my agendas right now to uh try to get some relief for a lot of the people that uh, got caught up in this artificial drug war. As far as the drug war, they was they used the dr- they used the drug money that you that you you sold on the streets for the government in order to fund the war. Yeah, yeah, they 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 were trying to uh, de- defeat the Sandinistas through uh, through the Contras, um, and uh, Congress had cut off the money. You know, Congress said, they- "Explain the, the the Sandinistas and the Contras." What, what was it said? Well, this is in Nicaragua. The Sandinistas is backed by Russia, and the Contras was backed by uh, by the government, U.S. government, by the United States. So they 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 dumped the drugs on you to distribute them to the black community, and then took the money and, and took gave the it money to the, to and the gave Nicaragua. it to the Contras. Did you see uh, uh, where Ron, uh, where Oliver North says he don't see any problems with taking money from Ayatollah mm-hmm. and giving it to the Contras? So they can go buy drugs. Yeah. That was crazy. Because he definitely said that. <clears throat> Real crazy. But what's even crazier is that now they still got our people in prison for selling a product that they brought into the country. Yeah, that you brought into the country, fucked up the communities. And then killed cre- Gary Whitty. Created the drug dealers. Created the killers. And then killed Gary Webb for breaking the story. Gary Webb, that was the... The reporter. The reporter. What, what was he from, the New York Times? No, he was from the San Jose Mercury News. New York Times ain't going to print nothing. Oh, yeah, San, San Jose Mercury. All right. And explain explain the story on, on Webb. Well, you know, Webb uh, had got in contact with me and told me that uh, uh, he had some information pertaining to my informant, the guy who had set me up, and um, he would share his information with me if I would share my information with him. So we talked. We got down to the point where um, he showed the world that this guy worked for the CIA. And then the CIA even admitted it uh, uh, um, themselves. But uh, later on, Gary was found dead, uh, shot in the head with with two bullets, shot in the head twice. So you, you don't believe that it was a self-inflicted wound like they say? Well, I don't know. You know, I didn't see the autopsy. Uh, me, myself, being a logic logical thinking person uh i i find it to be difficult for somebody to shoot themselves in the head i mean say since you put the gun to your head you pull the trigger bang you hit yourself in the head with one bullet um i would think that the gun would move or fall to the to the floor you drop your hand down you know bam yeah but now you still got the conscious enough to say you know what i didn't kill myself and put it back up and pull the trigger again it just seems, you know, really difficult. Really. <laughs> I mean, but it's possible. It sounds difficult. <laughs> that just sounds difficult to me too, bro. <laughs> or maybe you fall on the floor, right? Maybe maybe you shoot yourself, the hand fall down, you fall on the floor, yeah. and you shoot yourself again. Bam. Yeah. I mean, anything could happen. But, you know, I, I mean, I just think that it, it, it don't sound right to me. You yeah, know, definitely don't sound it right. Look like a duck, quack like a duck, walk like a duck. <laughs> Probably a duck. It might be a motherfucking <laughs> duck. God damn, that, that's a duck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, how did you win your appeal on the um on the second case? Got smart. 
Got smart on their ass. Got real how long smart. it took you? How long it took you? How long was you fighting at a pill? Uh, and what was exactly the charges? Like eight years, nine years, conspiracy to uh, traffic and conspiracy to possess. Mm. You know. Uh, how did you get caught during that case? Oh uh, man, they set me up. Blandon set me up. You know. Uh, that was me, an informant. Yeah, Blandon was an informant. Told me he was gonna give me some drugs on credit, and uh, it was a setup. Man, he was he had DEA dope. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, DEA stamps on the dope. Yeah, DEA stamped all over the God dope. So, damn. So that's what that's what went down. But you know, uh, while I was in prison, man, uh, I didn't sit on my hands. I I went in there and I got educated, uh, which is one of the things that uh, that I'm doing right now, man. Going around the country trying to educate our young people and let them know, man, that they gotta get smart. You know, we can't be out here being dumb and stupid. Because had I been dumb and stupid, I never would have made any money in the drug business. But what I did. Educated myself, learned the business, and booyah, the money came. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we got to do right now as a people. You know, we got to get educated. And by the way, you can start off with this book, Freeway Rick Ross, The Untold Autobiography. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Yeah, we got the book in front of us right now. Freeway Rick Ross, The Untold Autobiography by Rick Ross with Kathy Scott. I'm going to definitely scoop one of these before he spins out. They calling it the ghetto Bible. The I know the women. Bible. I know the women. They don't know nothing about it. But you street cats, y'all know. Y'all better go get it. I got about 15 of them left before I leave New York. This Tomorrow, I'm leaving tomorrow. So y'all come holler at me because I don't, definitely don't want to carry them joints. Yeah, those uh, shits will be gone. That ain't about nothing. You know, niggas, <laughs> you know, niggas always embrace the real ones. You know yeah, what I mean? We should. We're like we should. You know how that go. Uh, speaking of the real ones, you 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 sued Rick Ross, yeah, he the rapper. The, he ain't no real one. You can't mention no real round. You know, <laughs> <laughs> more like fake one. What's what's his real name again? Robert um Robert Williams. Robert Williams. <laughs> okay, so we'll, oh, Robert, Robert. we'll call him Robert Williams. Yeah, let's we'll call, call him, him Rick Ross. Let's call him Will. Who? Will. Will. <laughs> <laughs> Will. Okay. We'll call him Will. We call him Will. We're gonna call you Ricky Ross. All right, that's it. I mean, that's his name. What was the situation exactly with you and Rick Ross? Did y'all ever speak beforehand before you sued him or anything of that nature? I talked to him when I was in jail a few times, and you know what I'm saying. He sold me some lies, just like he sell the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, had you know, I mean, the guy would have you believing that he was a drug dealer when he was really a correctional officer. So. I mean, and that's the same thing he tried to tell me. You know, man, I'm coming down there to see you so we can get our business worked out. Totally the opposite. Yeah. He never want no business worked out. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He didn't want nobody to know that Rick Ross really existed. He probably was praying that they didn't reverse my case. Wow. You feel, you feel like he, he might have felt that way? Yeah, he probably did. I mean, you know, look at it like this here. I don't like dudes who think like that. Like, if, if, if you take a cat name and persona and livelihood and you make money off of it um and now this cat is finna get out of prison don't you get this cat a hand at least yeah, that's a fact that's at least, something at least offer him a job so he can get off parole you know what i'm saying exactly so yeah regular want, shit regular yeah, street nigga shit on, man you regular do that, shit you do that for anybody you know you you doing all right for yourself a cat come up here on parole you look man i'm gonna give you a little job you know what i'm saying cutting the yard give you a fucking title give you a fake pay stub or something yeah man so you can take it into the po and keep exactly. the po off your back man this cat get on the radio one time and say man dude down on his luck and this is why he feeling like he feeling and this is why 
uh, uh, he he filed his lawsuit, you know. Yeah. Man, Negro, please. Mm-hmm. How did the whole situation pan out with the lawsuit after after you after you suing him? Well, you know, I was suing Universal and Warner Brothers too, so mm-hmm. um, they would owe me a lot of money, and um, you know, the court system just wasn't going to see uh, them giving me their money, so they uh, dismissed it at the end of the day. But uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm good with it. I don't understand that. How do, how can you really dismiss like you know Rick Ross is your real name and. Hey, the courts can do whatever they want to do, man. You know, how can they give a dude a hundred times worse for crack than they do for powder? You know, you explain that to me. I don't know. You know. Yeah, you're right. So at the end of the day, you know, they they did what they did. But, you know, right now I'm moving on, man. I'm pushing forward. You know, I got this new website I'm pushing right now called Rated ETA, where um, it's a casting website for people who want to be in the movie. So all y'all out there who want to get in the movie, Want to be involved with the real? Uh, go to rate it. Is it gonna be based? Is the movie gonna be based on your life? Uh, I'm doing a movie based on my life, but I'm 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 working on other movies, other TV shows, reality shows. All right. You know I'm you out here, getting baby. Busy. I'm getting busy. I ain't mad Records. At you. you know what I'm saying? Out here with my man Jay Weezy. You know. True. We out you got here. Jay Weezy in there. <laughs> yeah, we out here in New York, man. Just 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 rolling, man. Enjoying. You know what I'm saying? The city and the love that everybody been showing for us, man. It, it's, yeah, it's, we just was we just was in Brownsville just now, the um, Brownsville Recreational Center. Oh man, you know, it was crazy just, over there. Sold the, um, out, sold out audience. You know what I'm saying? That place was packed. Uh, we had a Q and A. Everything went great, man. And uh, uh, I'm excited about it. You know? Yeah, it always feels good. I mean, it just felt good just to be back in the BRC. So when I heard it was there, I was like, let me go to the BRC and see what this is about. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. I was sure. sitting there. I watched it. Well, I looked outside. I seen Ross outside taking pictures. I was like, let me go out here. There's some nice chicks over there, too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brownsville. Go. One thing about Brownsville, they always got they always got some pretty chicks that's homeless, man. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to Brownsville. <laughs> man, people be asking me all the time, man, who got the prettiest chicks, man? I be like, man, I don't know where I'm at at the time. How do you feel? How you feel about glorification in the rap game? Like how how the rappers, you know, you know, you know the regular shit. How they speak about selling drugs so much and how they, they probably go, never sold the drug. They go out and sell the drugs. And go you know, sell a drug. That's how I feel. Like <laughs> go sell a drug. Go catch a charge. Go get robbed for some drugs. Do something like yeah. play a part in this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's messed up that uh, that they would fill the kids' head with this artificial dream you know that you can go out and sell drugs and parlay it into a career like you know like some of our big time rappers do but um you know that's the state of this country and uh you know it's up to us man to reverse it and give our kids a a a fast shot what do you think how do you think the game has changed from 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 then to now you know what i don't even know man because i don't get into the game right now you know right now i'm in my own lanes Mm -hmm. you know what i'm doing this movies and um other avenues that 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 totally don't pertain to a uh, to the game, you know. Um, so so you know, I don't have a clue, you know. Um, that that's that's good. That's dipping, very good. I'm dipping into this cannabis world, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know, I just was having a discussion about that, and I'm like, yo, man, it's not enough. It's not enough African Americans. You know what I mean? Dipping into the cannabis, like the the whole. I feel like this shit is like the new prohibition. Absolutely. Basically. Absolutely. You know, you know the mean? NAACP called me one day. 
Yeah. And ask me if I would like to be the face of their movement because they're going to try to uh, uh, do some financial things to help blacks get into the business because it's dominated by whites, man. Yeah, it's, it's a business that we got to get into because, first of all, we the ones that been catching the weed charges for about 35 <laughs> yeah, years Yeah, you build up all the clientele. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come in and scoop you up. And yeah. Get what the fuck is going on? And like, give it to Lil Johnny. It's crazy because it's like the the same. It's the, a lot of the white dudes that's in it was doing was selling it illegally, and because they knew how to grow and shit like that, they just jumped right right into the game into these government programs and and, and got grants and made and made what's and well, made well, fucking you, um. You know what? I'm gonna tell you this here. A lot of them participated in what's going on, man. Uh, I was in Dayton, Ohio, the other day, and I'm with some brothers. And uh, the brothers is smoking. Mm-hmm. And the people walk up and ask them what they signed a petition. And the brothers don't want to sign the petition. I was like, man, you got to participate. If you want to know what's going on, if you don't get out there and participate in the movement, then you're going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. So what you got to do is get educated, man. They finna open them up here in New York and uh, New Jersey and all around the country, man. It's finna be legal everywhere. Marijuana is going to be legal everywhere. And if you don't put your name in the hat, you know, because what they're doing now is they're giving most of the license out through lottery because when they put them up, you know, everybody want them. Rich people are going to pay for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And and the way they've been doing them is through a lottery system. And, you know, you got to get your name and your mama's name and your brother as many names as you can because, say, for instance, in L.A., like, these licenses now that you could have went down and got for a couple thousand dollars is worth millions now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to be in it from the beginning, put your name in it, get involved and make it happen. Yeah, that shit is definitely a new industry to get into. Make sure y'all 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 listen to that, man. Y'all getting the, um, this marijuana distribution shit. This is the prohibition. This is the new age. It's a new era of a new industry in the United States of America. And it's time that you slide in especially as African-Americans, you know what I mean? I'm really just been studying a lot of, you know, African-American um, entrepreneurs since I've been reading up on Tristan Walker and things of that nature. So I just really want to, I really want people to like tap into the marijuana industry because it's none of us there. And I'm pretty sure a lot of us smoke a lot of marijuana. So, you know what I mean? You might as well make some money off of it. But that's what it is, tax season. Troy have album sales broke the tax code. <laughs> Troy Ave breaks the tax code every week for the rest of the year. <laughs> Let's start off with this. You know why Troy Ave breaks the tax code? Because his name is Troy Ave and he cannot go on Troy Ave. Bing! First one. Second one. Troy Ave breaks the tax code because he says he sold Manolo Rose Coke. Did he chip the piece of Coke off the bricks that were in his backpack? Or did he happen to have a spare 50 on him? Do you sell bricks or do you sell dimes? Please explain yourself, young man. Part three. What he mean nobody where he at? Troy Ave had three motherfucking performances with Manolo Rose in Texas and showed up to none of them. And I was at every single one of them. So where was you at? Explain why you'd made it to no shows that Manolo Rose was performing at in Texas. You know what I mean? And, and part four. You can't listen to nothing that Troy Ave says because his name is Troy Ave and he can't do nothing on Troy Ave. Also, he's a lemon. Like, you know what I mean? 
like he he has like a, a high top and he emulates people. He emulates um Fifty Cent and other drug dealers and, and steal people's style. He wears jeans. Halito used to wear his jeans, like all types of shit. The niggas a weirdo. The niggas suffering from an identity crisis and he out here perpetrating a fraud for the masses, trying to be accepted. You understand what I'm saying? And nobody respects him in the whole entire Brooklyn. Nobody, no gangsters, nobody. Let me explain something to y'all. I am an internet nigga. Trav is right. I'm on the internet every day. I like the internet. The internet has been good to me. Troy Ave was on the internet every fucking day for five years, just as long as I've been. Since I came home in 2009, Troy Ave has been on the internet. He bought his Twitter page. The nigga's a fucking weirdo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean I'm an internet nigga? What does that mean? When you say you're an internet nigga, does that mean like you're like, your pussy or something? You see he didn't say that. You see he, he he knows how to phrase his words properly, right? Because he knows. I've been at Troy Ave video shoots, you understand? After I have slandered him. This was just last year, Slowbuck Studio. I was just at the video shoot. I got arrested right after the video shoot like this is all a proven fact so you can't act like you never seen me since i've been disrespecting you i've been disrespecting you for almost five years and i've seen you at least five to six times you understand what i'm saying so be respectful and stop acting like oh these people not out not listen nobody's impressed by none of that shit nobody's impressed by nobody you be with nobody cares about none of them fake tough niggas with the with the big shoulders that you be with nobody's impressed by none of that nobody's impressed by that that fat ass nigga you be with none of that nobody's impressed by that shit beloved like you know what i mean like Save that shit for somebody else. Like, go go beef with McCone and some shit on a record and some shit. Save that shit for them. Because we not the ones. We don't believe you, my nigga. Like, you have to prove yourself. It's on you, beloved. It's on you. God bless. Troy Avenue broke the tax code every week for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure your motherfuckers go um, rate me on podcast app review. All you got to do is search tax, stone, search tax season in the podcast app. Once you search it, you click the picture, and then in the middle tab, you're going to see review. Click review and make sure you rate and you motherfucking um, um, you rate and you motherfucking review my podcast, motherfucker. So, so my shit is lit and shit like that. My shit could be like, you know, like Combat Jack and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like shit like that. You know what I mean? Thank you. This episode of Tax Season featuring Tax Stone is produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by Chris Morrow, and engineered by none other than Samir Karam.